Hey guys, this is Naeem and you've reached the Mosaic Church Podcast. So excited that you're part of our listening community and I'd love for you to be even more connected. So check out our website. There's more content there and there's more opportunities for you to get connected in our ministries and events as well. Also, love for you to share this content. If this is blessed to you, I know that God wants to use you to bless other people with it. So share this podcast, if you will. Lastly, would you consider supporting this ministry? This is made possible by other people's generosity, and I'd love for you to pay it forward. Join us to reclaim the message and the movement of Jesus together. So would you consider giving to this ministry? I know that God is able to do immeasurably more through us when we come together. Thank you so much. God bless you and enjoy. Wait the song to come out to. I'm not going to lie. I don't honestly know what to do right now, except just stand here and like move on from that moment. I'm really excited to be here with you guys. I missed y'all last week. My family and I went on a little trip to get away for a while. And actually the craziest thing happened while we were there. We were just wandering around, doing our thing, walking through town. And we found out that there were some celebrities who also happened to be there. Now, they were not just celebrities. I always am up to meet a celebrity, but these were celebrities from our favorite movie. And then we found out that they were doing a meet and greet. And we were like, oh my gosh, we have to go. Not only is it fun to meet a celebrity, but also people that we admire so much. And so I'm going to show you a photo of the celebrities that we got to meet um, last weekend. It's coming. Oh, that's Olaf. That's Olaf the snowman from Frozen. We were at Disney World, in case I forgot to mention that. And really the fun thing about being a parent at Disney World is you get to see your faces of your kids as they're meeting their heroes. I mean, look how excited. (laughs) They're so excited, you guys, just like living their dream. There's one more, I think. Queen Elsa of Arendelle, yes, from the Frozen franchise. Now, I'm not gonna lie, after this photo, we did have to take a break. It got a little overwhelming. There were some tears of excitement, um, but the cast members did assure me that I was not the only 40-year-old woman who cried (laughs) after meeting Elsa at Disney World. I wish I was kidding. (laughs) I wish that was a joke. Unfortunately, it it is not, it is not. No, we had a great time at Disney, and the whole time I knew that I was coming back to prep a message for the end of this series that we've been in called Bumbling Through Love. And Pastor Naeem talked to singles the first week. Last weekend, he talked about marriage. And so I knew that I was coming back today to talk about heartache and heartbreak and what we do when it doesn't work out. And it was quite the pullback to reality, if you can imagine, from being at the wonderful world of Disney to coming back and studying heartbreak. So you will understand when I tell you that today's message is titled, Let it go, let it go. I am one with the wind and sky. Let it go. Guys, I love this movie so much, so much. It took every ounce of restraint that I have in my body not to just completely obliterate this message with Disney princess metaphors. That is all I wanted to do. Once I saw them, they were everywhere. They were everywhere, but I I resisted, I pulled back. (laughs) That that may not be the only one, but just so you know. We are today though gonna talk about letting go. I think that we all have things that we need to let go. I think that we have people that we need to let go. 
but it isn't necessarily going to be a straightforward how-to message. This is not one of those things that I can just prescriptively say in a blanket statement across the board, here is what everyone needs to do in their next step. But what I hope I can do is guide and support you and encourage you into walking into your future. I want you to see where God is in the midst of your heartbreak and what it is that he wants to say to you. Now, Peter and I, he's over there somewhere. We've been married for 13 years this year, 14 years this year, 14 years this year. Thank you. Thank you. Um, But as you guys probably know, those of you that are married, your spouse is not the only relationship that you have in your life. Singles, let me go ahead and just tell you that marriage is not actually the answer to heartbreak. Let me say this very clearly again. Marriage is not the solution that you're looking for when it comes to never experiencing pain in your life again. On one hand, entering into marriage is just an invitation for even more heartbreak because you have just expanded your family, your friends, and the circle of people that you care about. But regardless of what your relationship status is today, whether you find yourself single, married, divorced, widowed, friend-zoned maybe, in a different kind of committed relationship, I think that we can probably have all experienced heartbreak in a variety of ways and in various types of relationships. So my guess is that we all have things that we need to let go of. Because unfortunately, as we go through life, we learn that life happens. And life is not as simple as a step-by-step program. Life is not a system that we can just wake up and follow a guidebook and just go through things swimmingly. It's not even as simple as saying, I'm going to choose the one. I'm going to stick it out. I'm going to stay committed. It's not as simple as saying, I'm going to be the right person so I can find the right person. Because life is made up of both choices and chances. Life is made up of both choices and chances. Sometimes there are choices that we make that lead to the ending of a relationship. And sometimes we just happen to be the ones that get caught up in that off chance of the terrible thing that happens and takes away the person that we loved so much, that takes away the relationship that really was good. And so I want you to know that even in the midst of the really hard things, even when it's confusing and it's complicated, even in the midst of your brokenness and when it wasn't fair, in the death, in the divorce, in the loss, in the betrayal, in the hurt, God is still there with you. And he is okay with all of your feelings about it. He is okay with all of your feelings. The Psalms are a book of poems right in the middle of the Bible, and many of them were written by David, but there are a variety of authors. There were lots of different people that contributed to writing these poems, these Psalms. And the first half of the book are poems of lament. This is not something that we talk about in the church always, often enough or in the right way, but we have to give space for lament. We have to give space for grief and for grieving. And that's what the first half of the Psalms were about. These were people that were crying out to God, saying, this is what's wrong with the world. Here are the problems in my life. I'm mad, I'm sad, I'm angry, I'm confused, I don't understand, and I need you to do something about it. It's not until later in the book of Psalms that we see these poems move from lament to praise. 
It's not until later, until after those things have been said and sat in for a while that we start to see the poems of praise where people are finally able to see the good in the world, to thank God for the way that he's showing up. That's when we start to see poems of joy and celebration. And what's important about the book of Psalms, why I think it's actually really good for our souls is because it teaches us that it's okay to live in that tension. It's okay to live in the tension of both grief and hope. It's okay to live in the tension of where we're not ignoring our pain, we're experiencing it, we're sitting in it, but at the same time, in hope, in faith, we can still choose to move forward and to look forward at what's ahead. So I wanna share two of my favorite Psalms with you this morning, because I think some of you maybe just need some words. You need some words that you can just hold onto and tuck away in your heart. And so the first one is from Psalm 34, and this is one of those Psalms of lament. It says, if your heart is broken, you'll find God right there. If you're kicked in the gut, he'll help you catch your breath. Psalm 147 is a Psalm of praise, And this one says, Yahweh builds up Jerusalem. He gathers up the outcasts and brings them home. He heals the wounds of every shattered heart. I have pulled both of these Psalms out time and time and time again. And I hope that you can see in both the Psalm of lament and the Psalm of praise, there is room for grieving. There is room for feelings on both sides of the tension. So whether you find yourself today in the middle of that lament or you're to the place where you're beginning to see praise, you're beginning to be able to move toward God's praise, I want you to know that he is with you in it. You are not alone as you learn to keep going and keep moving forward, even in the midst of your uncomfortable feelings. So we're gonna go ahead and jump in to today's message, I think a lot of times when it comes to the end of a relationship, a really common thing that we feel is abandonment. Often we feel abandoned because sometimes relationships just end, right? They just end and we don't know why. And when we're left without answers, I think it's even harder than sometimes when we're given a very clear, concise reason for why. Because what happens is in our minds, we're like, we want closure. Have you ever said that? I just want closure. I just wish I knew if I had the answer, then I would be able to move on. But unfortunately, I think that closure is often a ruse that generally doesn't ever come. And so what happens instead is we just constantly replay the relationship. We replay a scenario or a situation so that we can look for holes and fill in the gaps. We try to rewrite the story and write the ending because we think it is gonna make us feel better to get to the end and go, now I have the reason, now I understand why this didn't work out. But really in reality, what happens is that in all of our overthinking and replaying and reliving, we're just providing grief with an endless opportunity to pop up and tell us that we're sad and we're broken and we're wrong. See, the grief of being broken up with, of feeling abandoned can be relentless sometimes, especially if you are in a relationship with someone that has ended and they still live in your same city. Has this happened to you? You you lose a relationship, even a friendship sometimes, and then you have to still see them on your social media feed. 
Maybe you hide them because you have so many people in common and it catches you out of the blue when all of a sudden their face pops up on your screen and it just pulls you right back in to that relationship and those thoughts all over again. Or sometimes you might just see them out in the wild, like out in the wild, out of their houses, like at the grocery store or a party and you don't know what to do, right? You're like, do I acknowledge it? This, we spend significant amount of time together. Do I just move on? They seem to have moved on living their life without me as if I never existed. And what happens when we allow ourselves to constantly go back and go back is that we become consumed with a relationship that is over. And we, we trap ourselves in feelings of inadequacy saying, if only this, if only I had done this, I should have done this. And what those feelings do are just continue to keep us trapped in the past. Now, some of you on the other side of the coin were the one to make the call. So you know why the relationship ended because it was your decision. But you kind of like knowing deep down that that person's still there. So every now and then you might just send them a DM you might just send them a text. Maybe it does something for your self-esteem to know that if you reach out to them, you're always going to get a response. But when you keep going back to that person, when you keep reaching out to them and sending them a text, all you're really doing is stringing them along. All you're really doing is saying to them, whatever justification you have about it, I need to keep you in waiting. And that's what you're doing. You're making them overanalyze and overthink and read into every communication. Look for signs because you're still reaching out and it's very confusing and they don't know what's happening. And so if that's you, I need you to stop it. I need you to stop. All you are doing is dangling a carrot of possibility in front of someone. And what the loving thing actually to do is, is to let them go and to let them move on from you. In both of these scenarios, whether the relationship was ended or you were the one that ended it, there should be no more playing games. You can honor the love that you had for that person by graciously letting them go. The most loving thing you can do is to let people go and let them move on. Now, sometimes we lose a person and it's not by choice. It is one of those unfortunate chances where things just happen. And I am willing to bet that you will always feel their absence. You will always feel their absence. And I don't know your situation. And again, I can't give you a prescriptive, this is your next step and this is the next thing that you personally need to do. But I do know this. If the time comes where you feel a desire to find connection again, if the time comes where you feel the desire and the want to have relationship again, that is okay. That is not a bad thing. It does not negate the person that you lost. It does not diminish your time and your relationship with them. If you decide and you choose to let love back into your life in a different way, that is okay. Moving on can be healthy. It doesn't deny what happened and it doesn't negate that other person's involvement in your life. It just creates clarity around a time when that relationship existed without bringing it into the present where it physically cannot exist. There's no possibility of it existing anymore. 
And so maybe what that means for you is allowing yourself to go back to what was good about that relationship, to remember why you did love that person and to remember all of the good moments and all of the good times. The challenge is how to take that good and move it into the future. How you can take who you are now, the person that you are now because of your time with that other person, what you've learned about relationships, what you've learned about communication, about yourself, about the way that you think and respond. How can you take those things into your next relationship, your next season of life? Two things can be true at the same time. Two things can be true at the same time. You can both have grief and hope. You can both at the same time be sad for what was while also hopefully looking forward into the future that she will find love like that again. There is room for the tension of both of these feelings. We have to love people with open hands. Open hands. This is something that we say at Mosaic a lot, mostly to ourselves, because we have to remind ourselves that this is a true thing. As people come and go, we have to love people with open hands. And that means not stringing somebody along and playing games, but also not clinging to them so tightly that we're forcing people to stay with us who no longer want to be with us in the capacity that they once were. We have to love people with open hands. And when it is time to let them go, we have to let them go. If you find yourself feeling abandoned, I think what you have to do in order to move on is learn how to forgive you need to forgive the person that hurt you, which probably means letting go of, of feelings of blame and feelings of resentment. But I think you also probably need to forgive yourself. You probably need to forgive yourself for the part you played. Maybe you handled a situation bad. Maybe you're looking back with regret on a way that you re retaliated, a way that you reacted maybe to a situation that you're not proud of. And you look back and you go, well, that's not the person that I wanna be. So you may need to forgive yourself for what you've been holding on to, for the guilt, for the shame, for all of the things that when you look back, you put all of the blame and all of the hurt on yourself and say, well, if I hadn't done this, then... Some of you need to forgive yourself for what happened in the last relationship before you can move on to the next one. It's easier to villainize the people that hurt us, right? Than it is to admit that us carrying around the hurt from a past relationship is actually changing us into people that we don't wanna be. It's so much easier to point the finger of blame out and say it was all you and all them. I'm the victim here, where again, Two things can be true at once. You can have been hurt, and you can also be carrying around guilt and shame that is changing you and changing your heart and changing the way that you're gonna enter into your next relationships. See, if we don't forgive and we don't let go, what happens is that you're going to get stuck and you won't be able to experience the life that God has in front of you. In Luke 17, Jesus was having a discussion with his disciples and some of the Pharisees, some of the religious leaders of the time. And they were talking about when the kingdom of God would come. And I actually love thinking about it because I'm like, okay, so here is the son of God literally standing in front of these religious leaders. And they're like, cool, cool, cool. But when is the son of God coming? Like, when is his kingdom coming? We're not so sure about you, but what can you do for us to help us out? 
with our future. And so Jesus tells them, he's like, all right, I will tell you when this thing that you're waiting for will arrive. And he says, when the day arrives and you're out working in the yard, don't run into the house to get anything. And if you're out in the field, don't go back and get your coat. Remember what happened to who? Lot's wife. If you grasp and cling to life on your terms, you'll lose it. But if you let that life go, you'll get life on God's terms. Christine Kane, in her book, Don't Look Back, said that out of 170 named women in the Bible, Lot's wife is the only one that Jesus tells us to remember. Why? Why? What happened to Lot's wife? Well, Genesis 19 tells the story of Lot and his family who were living in a city and an angel came and appeared to them and told them that they had to leave and escape the city because all kinds of terrible things were gonna be happening. So the angel of the Lord says to them in Genesis 19, run for your lives. Don't look behind you or stop anywhere in the valley. Escape to the mountains or you will be destroyed. Or you will be destroyed. Jesus said, remember Lot's wife, because after hearing this warning, as the angel is literally taking her hand, pulling her away from what is going to destroy her into her future, into what God has for her, guess what she did anyway? Genesis 19, 26. But Lot's wife looked back longingly and was turned into a pillar of salt. Now, I feel for her. I actually feel for Lot's wife here because this is not one of those choices that she made. This is one of those chance experiences where something happened to her. And she basically is being told, leave your whole world, leave everything that you love and everything that you've known and, and go away into something else, into the unknown. That's a frozen, ah, my frozen people. That one just came out, see? Into the unknown is a song I could sing for you. We don't have time. Okay, I'm so sorry. As the angel is literally telling her this, she looks back, right? She looks back because she has to know what's happening. But I think what we can learn here from Lot's wife is more than just a consequence of disobedience. What we can learn here is what happens to us when we can stay focused on our past instead of trusting God with our future. She was turned into a statue. She was calcified and rooted into a thing that was no longer good for her because she could not move forward into the future. And I think some of you have been told to stop looking back. Some of you have been told that a person or a relationship that you keep going back to is no longer good for you. And God is saying no more. No more saying maybe. No more saying if only. No more saying it's just a break. Friends, if someone has told you it's just a break and maybe in time, can I tell you, that generally doesn't happen. And even if it does, even if it does, do you wanna spend your life in the meantime looking at the back of someone who is walking away from you? You were created separate from that person. Your life was made for more than just your connection and relationship to that person. What is the thing that God has put on your heart to do? You don't have to wait until you're not single anymore to do it. You can go do it. God is laying that thing before you. He put it on your heart for a reason. And I think some of you might still be in the relationship where God has told you, no more, stop looking back. And you know it because you're tolerating things that you shouldn't tolerate. You're ignoring red flags. You're ignoring your own feelings and your own thoughts because you're listening to the voice of fear that is telling you this is the last chance. 
If not this one, then when? If not this person, then who? You're too late. It's too, you're too old. You've invested too much. You don't want to get rooted and stuck in something that is not good for you. Can you trust God that the future he has in front of you is better than what you keep looking back to? Remember what Jesus said at the end of that. If you grasp and cling to life on your terms, you'll lose it. But if you let that life go, you'll get life on God's terms. You can't expect to heal a wound that is being constantly ripped back open. You have to forgive and let God heal the hurt of what was so that you can move on for what he has for you. And sometimes relationship endings require more than forgiveness because betrayal was involved. And so maybe you were betrayed by a person that said that they would choose you and they would always put you first and then they didn't. Maybe you were betrayed by someone who fell to addiction and chose a substance or a thing over you, over your kids, over your family, and it left you all feeling abandoned and betrayed and not good enough. Maybe you feel betrayed by the person that you're married to because you've been in this relationship for so long that you look at them now and you're like, I don't even know who you are anymore. Maybe you feel betrayed by marriage as an institution because you're like, hi, I went to all the conferences and the retreats and I read all the books on marriage and nobody told me about this part of my life that I'm actually walking through right now. Nobody told me that it would ever be like this. And so I think in some cases, it's really our expectations that have set us up for failure. You, you can't expect the person that you married in your 20s to still be the same person that you're with in your 40s. Sorry, Peter, she's changed a lot over the last... 13 years. But maybe what we can do is reinvent the marriage that we're in that makes space for people who have changed and who have grown. And when we've been betrayed, after we forgive, likely with a therapy or some other professional, we have to learn how to trust again. If we don't, we won't just be lonely, but we'll find ourselves in an isolation like we've never experienced before. In the early 2000s, there was a movie called Good Luck Chuck. This is not a recommendation. I'm actually not telling you to go watch it. It's not that good. Also, I'm gonna tell you what happens. <laughs> but there's a movie called Good Luck Chuck and Chuck is a guy who goes to the wedding of his ex-girlfriend, the girl that um, he dated her right before she got married to this guy. I explained that very clearly. Okay, so he goes to a wedding of his ex-girlfriend who is getting married to the next guy that she dates. And while he's there, he realizes that there are lots of other women at this wedding who also, after having dated him, then found their husband. And he's like, I'm sorry, what? Like, and he sees this pattern, right? He sees this pattern of being the runner-up guy. And he decides, well, apparently my only use in life is to help other women find their, their spouses, to find their husbands. And so he lets this pattern dictate the rest of his life and all of his future relationships. And for the rest of the movie, that's all he does. He just settles into, I'm the guy that people date before they find their spouse. Now, this is obviously an extreme example. This is Hollywood. This is a movie, right? But I wonder if there's a pattern that you are living into. Is there a pattern that you are living into? What is it that you are telling yourself? Are you saying, I'm always the one who's dumped? I only find this type of person. 
No one ever wants a serious relationship with me. They just use me for fun. I always find the narcissists. I only end up with people who are controlling. See, when we tell ourselves that we are always going to be abandoned, that we are always going to be rejected or discarded or betrayed, not only does it bring up that constant grief, but you begin to doubt yourself and believe the lie that it is your fault that you have something wrong with you. And then what happens is we start to live into this pattern. We start to see it and expect it before it even arises. I think some of you have experienced heartbreak where you are never meant to experience heartbreak because of the expectations that you took into a new relationship. Because you said, okay, I'm gonna be in this relationship and I'm gonna do it differently. But instead, you put up a wall to keep your distance. And in the name of self-protection, you're like, I'm not going to let people get too close when really you're just trying to make distance for when they inevitably leave you. Some of you found yourself in maybe your last relationship, you were super distrusting. You were very jealous. You were very skeptical and suspicious of other people because deep down you were like, I'm going to catch you when you cheat on me. Maybe you found yourself possessive or controlling of the person you were in a relationship with just because you wanted to make sure that you were gonna make it harder when they inevitably betrayed you. Do you see what I'm saying here? Without trust, boundaries are not speed bumps to intimacy. They're actually walls and they're barriers that the other person will never be able to get through so that you will not be able to experience the connection and the love and the being known that you're really looking for. Boundaries are good when they are healthy, when they come with trust. When we live and operate out of these patterns of preemptive hurt from our past, we feed a self-fulfilling prophecy for the people in our futures. And then when a relationship doesn't last again, it could be because we have sabotaged it from the start. We have to learn to forgive and trust people again. If we don't, we're gonna become bitter. Your heart will grow cold and hard toward other people. Hebrews 12 tells us to watch out that no poisonous root of bitterness grows up to trouble you, corrupting many. Because that's what bitterness does. Bitterness is often born of unforgiveness and it takes root in our hearts. It takes root in our souls and it infects everything. We might think, you might think that your, your hurt and your um, trauma, your pain is connected to one person, but it's actually going to be directed at all of your future relationships if you don't take hold of bitterness and keep it from growing. Bitterness affects more than just that one relationship. It makes you react defensively. You'll complain and criticize. It makes you take, uh, takes you to the place where you just go into complete isolation on your own because you're distrusting of other people. You avoid feelings and thoughts and communication even. And it's so hard. I know it's so hard to try to trust again after you've been hurt after you've been betrayed, to open yourself up to the possibility of maybe being hurt again. But the only way to never love again or to never be hurt again is to never love again. It's the only way. To never be hurt again is to never love again. And that means you're not loving anybody. Not your kids, not your parents, not your friends, not your church, not your pets, 
not Taylor Swift, not sports, go sports. Those of you that have tried to love the Carolina Panthers, you understand this heartbreak, right? It doesn't work out. You can't love the things that make you wanna love love. You can't love music and movies and books and nature or any of this stuff because inevitably the world is going to disappoint you because something is going to end and it's gonna take a piece of you with it. In his book, uh, The Four Loves, author and theologian C.S. Lewis wrote this about avoiding loss. He said, lock your heart up, safe within the casket or coffin of yourself. But in that casket, safe, dark, motionless, airless, it will change. It will not be broken. It will become unbreakable, impenetrable, irredeemable. The only way to not love is to not live. We have to forgive and heal and trust and try again. And like another great theologian, Olaf the Snowman in Frozen told us, the only act of true love, only an act of true love can thaw a frozen heart. There's my Disney fans, thank you, yes. The only act of true love that you will ever need has already taken place. It was when God entered into humanity and lived and walked among flawed, longing, desperate people, and he changed what it means to love. First John 4 says, this is real love. Not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son as a sacrifice to take away our sins. Through Jesus, love is no longer transactional. Now, the love of God is given to us before we even have the chance to earn it, before we can do anything to earn it or deserve it. And it is really important to know that God is not a human. God is not a person. So whatever pattern you're living into, ask yourself if you're trying to project it also onto him. If you're trying to also expect God to leave you or walk away from you or disappoint you. God doesn't love like humans. He loves you in an unfathomable way that no other person can. And so if you're not to the place of being able to trust people again, if you're not to that place, would you consider starting with God? Would you consider allowing yourself to love him and to be loved by him so that you can experience what pure love really is? It's only when we live from the love of God that we are able to find love for other people. Jesus told his disciples in his last days with them when he was literally about to see the end of their physical friendship, that even in his absence, a relationship with him would be different. In John 14, he tells them, the friend, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send at my request, will make everything plain to you. I'm leaving you well and whole. I don't leave you the way you're used to being left, feeling abandoned and bereft. So don't be upset. See, Jesus sent God's spirit to you because even the best people in this world cannot fulfill what only the love of God can. He does not give as the world gives. He does not behave as the world behaves. He will never make you question whether or not he really loved you. He will never pretend to be someone that he isn't. He will never abandon or betray you. He will never change 
and make you wonder if he's real or if the love is real or if he's someone that you can actually get love from. God's love doesn't resolve empty arms or broken families. But if you can let down the walls of your heart long enough to let it in, you will see that God's love can soothe even the deepest of wounds in a way that no other love can. What people break, he will fix. Where people make you doubt, he will bring peace. When people call you discarded and abandoned and not enough, he is saying, you are mine and you are chosen and you are loved from before you even knew it. It is only the love of God that will heal and resolve what it is that you're missing, even when that emptiness feels vast. It is not because we loved God first, but because God loved us. If you'll stand, I wanna pray for us that whatever may be the thing that's blocking you from receiving God's love today would be able to dissipate so that you can receive that. God, we thank you for the way that you love us, God, that you love us in a way that, that we can't even wrap our minds around because it's nothing we've experienced from anyone in our life. God, I pray for supernatural comfort and peace. God, I pray for supernatural joy in the absence of relationships, God, where it seems like it's not even possible. God, where it is possible, I pray for restoration and for reconciliation between people. And God, where it's not possible, we pray for your supernatural grace to come in and to help us to let go and to move on. If right now you're, you're standing there and you feel like something is happening, maybe you don't even know what's going on, but something is stirring within you, I pray that you would be brave enough just to, in your own words, in your own way, just say, okay, God, I wanna know what this love is. I'm gonna, I wanna test this out. I wanna see, I'm willing to trust you. And so would you just invite the love of Jesus in? You don't have to understand fully what it means. You don't have to know scripture. You don't have to have your faith all figured out. All you have to do is be willing to have a relationship with Jesus, to let God direct your life, to receive his love so that that can be the place that you live out of, especially when you go into all of your other relationships. God, I pray for all of the people who are risking and venturing trusting you right now. Whether they're here in this room, they're online, they're watching or listening to this later, God, would you just move in a supernatural way? God, bring peace and comfort. God, where it wasn't present before. God, would you help us to trust you, to let go and turn away from our past so that we can move into whatever the future is that you have laid in front of us. God, would you help us to choose to believe that you are good and that you are different. Life with you is different than any other life we've experienced before. Thank you for being okay and for holding all of our feelings, all of our sorrows, all of our brokenness. God, thank you for the promise that you will put us back together every time the world breaks our heart. It's in your name we pray, amen. Thanks for listening to this message from Mosaic Church in Charlotte, North Carolina. For more audio and video content, visit us at mosaicchurch.tv.